Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. You know, there were a lot of different possibilities as to what this week's series could have been called. Uh, Fear not, the hairs on your head are numbered, (laughs) a lot of different things. But when you think about it, two simple words, worth more, are really important to this section in Luke and... I'm really glad we we ended up with this title for this week because I think those words are also easily overlooked. So as we dive more into this section in Luke, uh, keep that in mind. Keep the keep the title in mind and what it really means within this passage. So we're back to our normal routine, sort of. Normal-ish, yeah. Sort we're of, not yeah. on a phone, you're not going to get a thousand text messages. Uh, we're hoping, we're hoping we're not. <laughs> if we get text messages through the microphone, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. So, uh, we are diving into something new. Yes, yeah, new and yet uh, still the same. We're yeah, still thousands of years old. <laughs> we're, 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 we're still in Luke, and yes, it's still uh, a few thousand years old. Um, and when we last left our hero... <laughs> Uh, in Luke chapter 11, um, we were looking at uh, the hypocrisy and stuff that that comes from external religion as mm-hmm. opposed to an internal repentance. And now Jesus is talking about the hypocrisy uh, that is what he calls the yeast of the Pharisees again. But, but now uh, it's really kind of a different take. What he's looking at in this particular section is part of a bigger section. Uh, chapter 12 really uh, has a, a broader focus on um, having eternal priorities as opposed to temporal priorities. And so that you see some parallels to um, Matthew's account, Matthew 6, when he talks about not worrying and mm-hmm. um, not not focusing on your needs now and being stressed about those things. God takes care of, of your needs. He knows your needs better than you do. And so we'll get to that you know, in the next uh, next part of chapter 12. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, here in this, he's, he's really talking about not being afraid to, uh, to be public with your faith. Hmm. And so as he's addressing this, there's a general idea of why we should not be afraid anyway, but specifically in dealing with the the revelation of Christ and the gospel, and uh, he warns them out of the gate. Uh, it's interesting as as I'm reading it. It just I've read this a bunch of times, and, and it just struck me in this particular reading um, what it says in in verse one. Meanwhile, uh, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying all these things, and it just struck me. We're talking about gathering a crowd of thousands of people so, so much, much so yeah you know so i'm picturing like you know rolling stones concert right. general admission you know people are, are getting killed and right. stuff like that but people are clamoring to come and hear jesus preach and and pretty clearly to see him do miracles we right. just saw that in the last passage they're coming um to hear the man preach and, and not all of them are coming to actually receive the gospel. They're right. not coming to repent. It's almost like that you have to see it for yourself type thing. Right, yeah. And so the, the it, intrigue is there. It's, the, the intrigue is what is drawing right. everybody. Right. And so he's, he's teaching with authority. He's doing powerful and authoritative things. 
and and with all these crowds in chapter 11 he calls them a wicked generation looking mm -hmm. for a sign they want more tricks they want to see more of right. this stuff and uh and the the pharisees and the the scribes are the teachers of the law are uh trying to trap him they're trying to to catch him saying something wrong they want to keep pushing for more things and so he calls them out on that he's at this pharisee's house in chapter 11 at dinner and he's um and he's confronting them on their hypocrisy of external behavioral religion as opposed to an internal repentance toward God. And then he goes into this in chapter 12. Again, and, and, you know, this has all happened. And then a big crowd of people is gathering and he speaks first to his disciples. So I take that to mean that he's kind of turned aside to the smaller group around him mm -hmm. as opposed to the large crowd. And there are within this crowd multiple levels of intimacy just right. like in any crowd so you've got the crowds that are coming because they've heard about this phenomenon you've got you know those the greater group of disciples the hundreds perhaps uh, of people who are following because they're believing what what he's seeing and they've been following for a while and they're there along with the masses and then you've got the inner circle, the you know the right. twelve specifically, the seventy that he sent out are, are, are probably gathered here, or most of them, um, and and of course the the very narrow circle of the of um, James and John and Peter that are are closest to him. So he he says to them um, in verse, uh, I guess this is verse still verse one, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. And he goes on to clarify, which is hypocrisy. And so as we look at this, he's, he's telling them to be on guard against not the Pharisees, but the yeast of the Pharisees. This, this thing about the Pharisees that, that is infectious, that, that spreads throughout uh, like yeast through a batch of dough. And that thing that you have to watch out for is hypocrisy. As we continue to read this, it sounds a lot like he's saying, you need to watch this hypocrisy in yourself, right. not be on guard against the the, the hypocrisy right. that they have. Right. Be on guard against having That's that hypocrisy thing. in yourself. Worry about yourself right. Yeah, that, that seems to be the direction that he's going because he continues into this, uh, this portion in, in verse 2. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What, what you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. And then he goes on to talk about, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. So throughout my lifetime, as I've read this from childhood on, as I saw this, I'm, I'm hearing hypocrisy and the Pharisees, and when I think of hypocrisy and whispering in the dark— it feels like it's talking about your secrets being revealed, those things that you do, right. that you try to hide right. coming out. What really be talking about is the proclamation of the gospel. He goes on through the rest of this passage, this section, um, to to talk about not being afraid of those who can kill the body but can't harm the soul. Um, in verse 8, he says, Whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. And in verse 11, he says, when you're brought before the synagogues, rulers, and authorities, don't worry about how you'll defend yourselves or what you'll say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So the point of the passage seems to, to dictate that we understand that first portion as 
uh, as not so much disclosing your hidden behaviors and all of your secrets of your past, but what what is has been hidden throughout history, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is now being revealed and will be publicly proclaimed and revealed. So don't worry, don't fear these people. God's going to handle this, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit's going to be guiding us. So the whole focus is on that proclamation. And I think, you know, that's, <laughs> I think that's super relevant today because especially with things like like social media and whatever, I've fallen into that before where, like, mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd want to share something or post something or whatever, and I'm like, oh, what's this person going to think or yeah. what's that person, you know. And so I think if you want to look at it from the standpoint of, you know, there are, everybody has things that they may not, you know, want to go shout from the rooftops about mm-hmm. their lives. But when it comes to the gospel itself, I don't think I've, I'm like you, I read this a totally different way for, until you just said this a different way. <laughs> but um, that's an interesting way to look at it, to, to, to understand what Jesus might be really saying here with that. And that's where a, a, a standardized um, biblical hermeneutic is a really useful thing. If we want to understand what the text is saying, then we need to take the text at its word. We need right. to look at, at, you know, what is it actually saying in this context? Right. Where is it going? What's the so structure of this passage? From that. Right. And we have a tendency right. to just pull out verses right. at a time. Right. That's how a lot of us have learned to read the Bible. But when we see this as a story that, that is being put together, when we write a story, there's a beginning, middle, end. Right. There's a structure to it, and it's going someplace. And the same place, the same thing is happening here. Luke is going someplace with this. Jesus is going someplace in this conversation. So when he says this to them, he's talking about what he's clarifying afterwards. Right. Well, we will get more into that on Sunday, and then we'll have a, a deeper discussion about it next week. Uh, if anybody has any questions about it, feel free to write us at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. Leave us a voicemail. Do what you want. We will, right. we will discuss your questions. And we'll actually be back uh, live streaming next week, I think. Finally, looking forward to it. So we will try to look presentable. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. See you next time.